Hey now, I'm here. Probably wondering, where's Rome? Oh, I'm here. I'm a hard to find. Welcome to the jungle. I say that because I know some people pick up the show for the second hour as their first hour. Remember back in the day when I said, man, bang the monkey. Because if you're a program director, and now I have newfound perspective, and I'm not as brash as I was when I was younger, I would never say that. I would say that if you carry the show, thank you. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Content is tough. There are so many options, so many choices. But if you want to win, and believe me, as much as you want to win, you don't want to win more than I want to win. Just flip the switch at 9 o'clock, and then forget about it until 12 o'clock. And then you're good. Except I know some of you flip the switch at 10 o'clock. It's fine. It's good. It's okay. It's all right. Good morning. Good afternoon. But if you missed hour number one, you missed a really good hour number one. I was awesome. The clones were good. And we're going to roll this right into hour number two. If you're on hold, stay there. I see a guy right now on hold that I think is watch list material. He's not officially a watch lister, but I think that he's one good call away from being a watch lister. And then a watch lister is one step away from getting a golden ticket. And then a golden ticket is a step away from being in the smack-off field. And being in the smack-off field is a step away from immortality. There's a process. Or you know what? There is no process. If you make one legendary call, you can cut through the entire process and just get right in. But none of it happens until you pick up the phone and lob us a call. 1-800-636-8686. This hour is open. Coming up next hour, Randy Bennett, head basketball coach at St. Mary's. Bennett. I think one of the best, best non-household names in the game. I think it's a damn good coach. And people who know, know. But that's a really good coach. Really good program, St. Mary's. Andrew Brandt will join me also in hour number three. ATP coming up later on. And you do have one extra chance to check out our podcast with Chandler Parsons from last week when when he did the entire interview interview from Sherwood Country Club while playing 18 with John Barry. Was that good? Before I go to my next thing, let me see if there's any loose ends. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, so the next thing. I, I mentioned this in hour number one. You have my word. I promise you. I do not have my feet hit the ground in the morning, and the first thing that pops into my head is, how do I roast Doc Rivers? Clowns. I always liked Doc. We had great interviews on this show back in the day. I do not wake up every morning thinking, man, how can I rag on Doc? How can I drag Doc? How do I take a run at Doc? It's actually the opposite. I would love to stop talking about you, Doc. Why won't you let me? You're making this impossible to move on from. I mean, this dude's just on fire right now. And by being on fire right now, I mean everything he touches is bursting into flames and crumbling into ash and then just blowing away in the wind. The damage that this guy's done in 11 games while in charge of the Bucks is pretty staggering. And I fully expected it to go badly. I just didn't expect it to go this badly, this quickly. Not only is the dude four and seven, well, he was three and seven, but not only is he four and seven, he cannot stop shoving his foot into his own mouth. He will not stop talking. 
And he used to be able to talk his way out of most everything. And now he can't talk his way out of anything. Now he's constantly talking himself into the headlines and not the good kind. The last time Doc made me talk Doc was last Friday when he dropped an all-time diss on his brand new team after they lost to Memphis's G-Leaguers. We come back in this, uh, on our set. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um, we, we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. That's a hell of a statement, right? Never mind the fact that Doc presided over that terrible loss. And it was a terrible loss. I mean, it was the, the Memphis JV that did them. So he presides over that terrible loss. And by the way, he seemed about as mentally checked out or mentally checked in to Las Ventanas as the rest of the team. But he had to run to a microphone and posterize the entire locker room after it happened. And I'm sure they all appreciated that. You know, again, not that all-powerful, almighty college coach. And by the way, they, they can't even do that now. Because the players will run right to the portal. But if you thought that he couldn't one-up that statement this year, much less in less than a week, you thought all wrong. Because Doc was at it again yesterday. He goes on Sirius XM, NBA radio, and blows my mind all over again. Turns out, I am not the only one who doesn't understand why the Bucks fired a 30-13 head coach in order to hire Doc. Because even Doc Rivers does not understand why the Bucks fired a 30-13 head coach in order to hire Doc Rivers. Personally, I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this. You know, um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now. And um, we, we, we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't, I, that was, that's where you had the hesitation. It almost sounded like the very beginning, Alvin, if you can rerun that, it almost sounded like in the very beginning, he started to say, you know what? I think it's a mistake. And then he caught himself. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, when they called, I said, I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this. I think you're, you know, m- 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 I don't understand why you're doing this. So I'll tell you what, Doc, on this one, on this one, you and I are on the exact same page. I don't understand why they did this either. I, too, had hesitation when I found out that their plan was to hire you. Just like you had hesitation when you found out that their plan was to hire you. That's exactly where I had my hesitation. I agree. That was a tough one. At this point, I'm pretty sure they're saying the same exact thing now that you said then. Like, why did we do this? I don't understand why we're doing this. What are we doing here? I mean, geez, bro. What are we doing here? Apparently, Doc likes posterizing himself almost as much as he likes posterizing his own teams when they don't win. He's like, guys, guys, I I was totally against them hiring me. 
But what was I supposed to do? Say no? I knew it was a terrible idea, but it wasn't my idea. Why are you looking at me? And like they said, they had already fired the dude. They had no coach. There was nothing I could do about it, right? So I might as well just say yes and pick them up. Not because I want it, want to. Not because it's a good idea, but what am I supposed to do? Oh, one more thing. Remember how Doc was reportedly advising Adrian Griffin before he replaced Adrian Griffin. So basically, they capped Adrian Griffin for Doc, even though Adrian Griffin was allegedly just following Doc's advice. In other words, they capped Doc to hire Doc, and even Doc knows that makes no sense. You follow that? Hey, cameraman, did you follow that logic? Doc apparently would not have signed off on the Doc hire. He said as much, right? What what are we doing here? You want to hire me? Apparently, even he wouldn't have signed off on his own hire. And neither would anybody else. And yet, here the bleep we are. And now I have to do my job and I have to talk about it, even though I really don't want to. And it just seems like I'm only here to rag on Doc when I'm not. He's just leaving me no choice when he says things like that. What, am I not going to comment on that? The incredible thing was Doc used to be a mainstay on this show years and years ago. But that was before he started losing Game 7s, blowing 3-1 series leads, blaming everybody else for everything bad that happens to teams that he coaches, and then gets hired and says, I I don't know why they hired me. I'm like, are you sure you want to hire me? I mean, my man's on one. He has become a hot take factory I don't even care if he wrecks the Bucks. I just want to see what he does with team content I'm not here to hate the Bucks. I'm here to love team content my favorite team I knew bringing this guy in was a bad idea I had no idea he had this in him I had no idea that he could do this much damage this quickly but man was I wrong man was I wrong and now you've got all the media outlets going in on Doc I mean, it is what it is now. I have no pleasure in jumping in. It's not what I wanted to do. Just like I had no pleasure in jumping in any bed that may have been infested with bed bugs in Vegas. See, why am I going back to that? Because now it's in my head. Now I can't get it out of my head. Now I can't wait. Now that I saw that this morning, I cannot wait to go home and check my bed. Wait till DJ finds out that I've brought bed bugs back from Vegas. Wait till the ragdoll legend finds out. He'll be so pissed. I don't know, Doc. And then then there's a whole offshoot to that. Then there was J.J. Redick on ESPN going in on Doc. I mean, with energy. Then there was Doc's son, Austin, responding like, Yo, man, where is this coming from, J.J.? You actually played some of your best ball. He's like, I'm not here to defend daddy. He can do that himself. But I'm just not really understanding this. Like, I'm not understanding the vibe of the energy with which you're going at Pops with when you actually played some of your best ball under him. So now there's that thing. So Doc, Doc's still in the news. I'm trying to move on to the next thing, but he just won't let me. Mike D for three. Going from Griffin to Doc, 
doesn't make a ton of sense. Signed, selling your Mercury Topaz and buying a Ford Tempo. All right. But then again, you're known as Trey Tomlin. 1 800 636 8686. Also, dude, if you want to go with that analogy, I love analogies. I love analogies. Analogies can be smart. Analogies can be a great way to make your point. Analogies actually can be great fodder, great content, like humorous content. I love analogies. But you got to be smart enough to play the analogy game. Or at least maybe update your analogies for the 21st century. Mercury Topazes and Ford Tempos? The Ford Taurus didn't want any of that? A Toyota Cressida couldn't get in on that? The AMC Matador or Gremlin didn't want any part of that argument? Come on, man. You can do better. Well, you can't, but you should. Abby's in. Abby says... I had a client. Let me stop right there, Abby. I'm still not sure what you do for a living. What type of clientele do you have, Abby? In fact, I don't need to know, Abby. I'm good. I had a client that had a bed bug infestation. And notice how it's always an infestation. Of course, they're bed bugs, man. You don't have one bed bug. You don't have a couple of bed bugs. You have a full-blown infestation. Quote, Probably one of the worst things I've had to deal with. Nothing like getting munched on during the overnight shift. Effing awful. Took me three weeks to get them out of his apartment. Abby, what do you... Are you an exterminator? What do you do, Abby? But anyway, she's right. It takes weeks. It's gnarly. They don't, it's not, the bed bugs don't have the Tad Allagash mentality. And the only one who knows Tad Allagash, I would say, how many of you know him, but you'll Google it. Trapper knew Tad Allagash. One drink, one stop, there's a better party, and we're not at it. That was Tad Allagash's entire model for life. One drink, one stop, there's a better party, and we're not at it. That's not what the bed bugs do. They post up, they stay, and they bring millions of their friends. And she's right. They munch. They munch. You, you don't just itch, you bleed. It's a bad deal, man. A bad, bad deal. That's why, I'll be honest, I didn't even know the story. Alvy pointed it out to me. I'm like, Alvin, you know there's certain things you don't want to tell me. Just like the, the XR4TI knows, and I know they talk, talk about, or amongst themselves, do we tell him or do we not tell him? Now, he doesn't need to know that. Now, you know what? We got to tell him. Well, who's going to tell him? Alvy didn't do any of that. Alvy just couldn't wait to run that in front of me. Hey, hey Jim, you know, you know there were bed bugs in Vegas. You know you were just there for a week, right? That'd be like me saying, no, it wouldn't actually be like that, but that'd be like me saying, Alvin, like, you have 10 kids, right? You know what happens on Saturday nights. When you get intimate, you have kids. 
You have as many kids as I have bed bugs. <laughs> I was like, no, no, dude, dude, it's not like that. I mean, I'm sorry that you and DJ have bed bugs. I just want to make sure you don't come in the CR. I want to make sure you don't come in the control room. Now, dude, I've been in your control room. It's disgusting. Don't worry about that. I'm not going in there. Good, dude, because we don't want your bed bugs. Alvin? That is a disgusting act. This guy's like, the Topaz and the Tempo were the same car. Are they? Or are you just making a joke? I mean, I don't know. I'm not being snobby. I mean, I don't know. You, you, know, you know why I don't know? Because I think, and I'm a car guy. No, Rome, you're a car snob. No, I'm not. I don't know if they're the same car. And you know why I don't know if they're the same car? Because I bet it's been 30 years since they made either car. Hence my point about upgrade your analogies so they work. Maybe they were the same car. I don't know. All right, when we come back, a guaranteed phone call. Not phone calls. Oh, yeah, actually, phone calls. I will guarantee multiple calls when we come back. Hey, hey, we got a brand new partner. I love it. Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. Actually, make that 3 million in one because I am one of them. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. I never played daily fantasy sports until I found Prize Picks. That's how much I like it. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's only you against the numbers. This is one of the reasons I didn't do it. No sharks, no competitive leagues, just you and the numbers. All you do is pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into 1,000 bucks. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players, sports, and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. You know who's a fantasy legend? Alvin. Alvin. Do you have picks? No, I don't want one. I want two. Think about this, Alvin. Maybe next hour. You got to pick more or less on two to six. Two to six, Alvin. So, no, I need more than one. But, Alvin, you're all about that life. I'm going to get Alvin involved in this life. Hell, I may pull Tommy into this life. You know, James Kelly's all about that life. Over 3 million sports fans have already signed up. I am one of them. Download the Prize Picks app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E, for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. That's the code ROME on Prize Picks. We're all doing it. We're all having a blast with it. And get that deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You do have to be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show.
All right, open phones. Let's do this. I like it. I like it. Only one line open. Use it. 1-800-636-8686. You may not like this, but it's a fact. This guy literally won the smack off one year. And because he did actually win the smack off, and it was not fixed, and it was not scripted, it was the best call on the most important day of the year, and he will always have that. No matter how often you want to take that from him or pretend it didn't happen, it did. Silk Bra is a smack-off champion. He's like a Hall of Famer. He's got the coat. He's got the ring. He's invited to all the parties that former smack-off champs have when they all get together. No matter how much you want to keep him out of that hallowed ground, he is it. He's in the brotherhood. No matter how much you want to hate him or hate on the fact that he is in the brotherhood, he's in the brotherhood. And because he's in the brotherhood, no matter who is on hold, he goes to the front of the line. Unless there's another member of said brotherhood that ranks more highly because he has more brotherhood. But right now, Silk is the only one on hold with any brotherhood. And I want to make sure you all damn well respect it. And if you can't respect it, just acknowledge it because he just jumped over all of you. Silk doesn't wait. We go there right now. Brah. What's it like being part of the Brotherhood? And how you doing, dude? Brah, I love being part of La Hermandad, brah. It's totally stoking me out. Um, happy ski week, brah. Uh, I wanted to check on you, see how your drainage was at the house, brah. Are you guys all right up there? Yeah, we're good, man. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate it. Okay, listen, brah, your, your show open was awesome, brah. It really inspired me. Um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase you. It's it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. You said the league is better when the Raiders are good. The league is better when the Raiders are back. And as a Charger fan, I would absolutely agree with you. The Raiders are better, or the league is better when the Raiders are back. And they're absolutely back. Back to Raider myopia. This team stinks. You know what? It, it was a great choice of AP because he's bringing it back to like Hell Week days where the Raiders stunk. They will always lose. But at the end of every year, they thought they won the Super Bowl. You know what's back? Raider myopia. The league is better when Raider and Raider fan is delusional. Remember when John Gruden knew every play in the Super Bowl and the Raiders got bloated out? That was pretty cool. Raider fan, Rich Cannon ain't walking through that door. Remember when for two decades the Raiders stink and the Chargers would sweep the season series? Raider fan, glad to see you're back. Looking forward to it back. Now, listen, no cow. Hey, Frisco. Hey, Frisco fan. They're whining and crying, as they always do, calling the Dodgers the evil empire. That's just funny, man. I mean, yeah, sorry that our ownership group likes to win and spend money. Must be a terrible thing. Um, No cow, I'd like to congratulate you on today being mathematically eliminated from winning the NL West. Congrats on that. Dodgers haven't even gone to Korea yet. It's going to be an awesome season. Looking forward to it, as long as they stay healthy, of course. Um, But this is great. Also, no, Cal, don't be confused. I know it rained for like three weeks down here, but that doesn't take you off your obligation to send me all your water for my pool and jacuzzi. Talking to all you guys up near Hetch Hetchy, talking about the Delta, Stockton, Modesto. Keep sending that water, Coops. Brah, hope you enjoy the rest of my week off. I'll talk to you later, brah. 
Dude, you sounded kind of frenetic today. You sound kind of yeah. like 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 I'm tight almost. Like your cadence was off. Like your energy was off. But you are part of the brotherhood, so that's okay. Brother. You still get to skip the front to the front of the line, even if that was not some of your better smack. I know it is ski week, dude. I know it is your week off. I love how Silk gets to experience ski week. I mean, if we're being really fair, dude, I mean, isn't like Jen, isn't it always ski week because you're married to Jen and she makes all the dough? Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, don't, don't, don't thumb out a text to my wife to correct me. Silk. Silk gets away with certain things because Silk is an OG and a member of the Brotherhood. Yeah, all that matters is, no matter what you have to say about him, the HB kook, on the day that it mattered most, his best beat everybody else's best or whatever everybody else brought that day. On the most important day. See, that's what legends do. They show up on the biggest stage and they do something incredible. And he did it. Maybe it'll never happen again. Maybe it's never happened since. But it happened that one day. And you can't sandblast that off the records. It's there forever. He will always be a smack-off champ. In old age, in the ground, forever. It's etched in stone. It'll be on his gravestone. Smack-off champ. Now, this guy I mentioned is about one good phone call away from being a watch lister. He's come out of nowhere. He's one of those guys that I talk about pretty frequently on the program. Like, never calls, never calls, never calls. Hey, Rome, been a listener for 20 years, but, but I had to call. And then had a really good experience. It's kind of like walking into Vegas without the bed bugs and winning your first time in a casino and then you're hooked. Then you're hooked because you've got that vibe. Like, this isn't hard. This is actually easy. And man, I like that drug. It's like euphoria. I've seen this for years on this program. People make that one good call, and they get good reaction. And then they're like, damn, that feels good. I like that buzz. And then a lot of them can't sustain it. This guy's got potential. He might. That's why I say... A guy that listened for 20 years that never called, then called and got racked, then called again the same day and got racked again, and actually had a look at a three-peat. If he gets called, or if he gets racked on this call, he is officially a watch lister. If he doesn't get racked on this call, it doesn't mean that he's not still watch list material. I'm just saying, he's one to watch, and will officially be on that list within two or three minutes if he does the right thing. Let's find out. We go to Tustin Ranch. Dave, what's going on, Dave? How are you? Good, Romy. How are you, buddy? Awesome, dude. Awesome. All right. All right. So here's my jungle clip. I'll try to unload this thing. Uh, you know, I wanted to kind of put a bow on your discussion yesterday with Dave Roberts. That was such a great, great interview, uh, as all of them are typically with him. He's such a good dude. And for him to catch the, you know, the crackbacks with some of the dorks in the jungle, notably, very surprisingly, bag in Menifee. Come on, V. Dude, you're a fraud race fan. I mean, in the time that we've had Roberts, you've gone through, what, like six managers? So maybe win a division and then maybe re-enter the conversation. So take that, sleepy little border town. Uh, my next take really isn't a hockey take, but it involves skating. And nobody's mastered the 
skating like my guy Anthony Michael Rendon. Dude, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this guy. 24% of the salary for the year with the Angels. This dude, uh, baseball's not a top priority. Now, bro, your bat tells us that. We didn't need your mouth to speak the words. I mean, Josh Hamilton thinks your contract is over the top. I mean, whether it's digging into the plate or having a little kerfuffle in the stands with the Oakland uh, fans, it's the same result. Swing and a miss. You suck, dude. It's horrible. And my last take really is on something that's been sticking with me since last week. Michael Silver. Dude, dude, I mean, I know you're so busy up in the Bay Area, you know, being a bootlicker for Brock Purdy and all these guys. Dude, you mentioned trying to compare some of the greatest rock stars to uh, Mahomes. Dude, you named Eddie Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. Uh, and then you started to go off this tangent of Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Garcia. Dude, are you kidding? Ted Nugent thinks that's over the top. Are you kidding? It's Mount Rushmore, bro. Okay. It's not Mount Baldy. And, and that's pretty much all I've got today, Jim. Although I will say, uh, in the good old days, war, Joaquin and his MMA fight club minute. I'm out. <laughs> all right. So it was not a good call at all, at all. And so the very end when he saved it by saying, dude, it's Mount Rushmore, not Mount Baldy. And then he reset Joaquin. I forgot about Joaquin. Joaquin was incredible. Joaquin was this character. (laughs) Joaquin was this character that would write these emails where whenever Dana White came on, he'd follow the Dana White conversation (laughs) By writing these emails about, man, this this fires me up so much. This is what's different about MMA compared to every other sport. This is what makes this. And then he'd go, bam, 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 where he would falsely hype up how awesome it was with all this great energy. And then he'd war a bunch of really negative things about MMA fan. And then he would never run out of them. And it would always be hilarious, like war... Pink eye, war, war a million things. War ripping my grandmother's drugs and selling them on the streets. Whatever it was, I'm not doing it. Giving your fiance brass knuckles, that kind of thing. Like, And I would say Joaquin. And every time it was good. Like he never had an off email. It always worked. And he'd run down like 10 things. And every time I'd read one, I'd say, I know this is the day, Joaquin, that you run dry, that there's not anything left for you to get to. And he would always rise up and always have another one. You know, he'd be like, war, signed, war, wearing an affliction tuxedo at your wedding. But like seven references like that, and it was always hilarious. And then he just went away. Because you know why? Not life. He ran out of ways to say war rocking an affliction tuxedo at your wedding because there's only so many ways to say it. He had always had to war weapons in the octagon. And I would say war weapons in the octagon. It's already the most violent sport in the world. What elbows and knees aren't enough in the octagon. I finally hit Dana White with it. Hey, Dana, I got this guy who's constantly trying to push you to add weaponry, like actual weapons, 
to fights. What do you make of that? People urging me to ask you about whether or not there can be weapons in MMA. Weapons in MMA. You know, like maybe a bat, a what club, What kind of a lunatics gun, are listening to this show? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you put this to rest once and for all? Do you ever foresee a day whereby you will let your fighters get into the octagon with weapons? Never. Never. Feet and hands, elbows and knees. That's it. No, no weapons. What? No bats? No nunchucks? No bats wrapped with spikes and barbed wire. But it'd be like letting Raider fans, like this crazy over-the-top Raider fans who dress up in costume. Anyway, that's... Anyway, no throwing stars, no ninja stars in the octagon. No baseball bats. That's when he said... A throwback. War or Joaquin. Joaquin was great. Joaquin was definitely a mainstay. And I, I don't know what happened to Joaquin. It's just one of those things. I always say it. You have people who call or participate every day for years on end, then they just disappear. They fall off the earth. And it's either death or it's life. That's interesting, right? It's either death or it's life. One thing intervenes. Death or life. Anyway, so did he get watch listed for that? No. Not on the watch list. I need more. I need more than, hey, man, it ain't Mount Rushmore, or it is Mount Rushmore. It's not Mount Baldy. In fact, dude, just having energy does not mean having a good take. You actually moved further away from the watch list. Much like Foy, Ohio is now fractionally Ohio. But you can work your way back. Let me see. Here's a shocker. Silk reaction. I didn't see that coming. Wow. Knock me over with a feather. Hey, Jim. Silk's takes are so interesting. We are riveted. Regards absolutely nobody. Lee in Hartford. Hey, Jim. Silk has really let himself go. I know. I've been making calls... Short of breath like that for more than a decade. Regards, Jeff in Richmond, King of the Jungle Brotherhood, from my palatial estate and fancy sleds. Jeremy, surrounded by meth in Montana. It's one thing to be out of shape. It's another to sound out of shape. It's another to rock a bra. Bruh. Not bra, bra. Bra. He he just sounded a little out of sorts. A little out of shape. At Scott is that guy. Dear at Jim Rome. Silk making his call while sounding like he's on a treadmill is still better than 99% of the other clones that get airtime. His worst smack still makes the show better. And I'm a diehard Raiders fan. I can't hate. I can only appreciate. Respect, bra. That's where I come out. But, but I like Silk. I've always liked Silk. I've never not liked Silk. You know, there's some times probably where you love me and you love the show and days where you hate me. I, I have never disliked Silk. I, I think that him texting my wife is a bit much, but it's innocuous. It's, it's generally like, hey, yo, tell, tell Craig I said what's up. Or, hey, you know, DJ, you know, I know someone who you know and Jen knows. You know, it's never... Oh, okay. That was pretty obvious, Alvin. 
But then again, it is 41. I don't know. I'm just getting kind of like loose and back in my radio days. Now that we're off TV, I'm a little less in tuned. Wait till we get to the X. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones, listen up. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trappers. Original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered all come in four-ounce bags. So you can sample different flavors to find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Let's get some phone calls in here. I've got Randy Bennett, the head coach at St. Mary's, coming up at the top. I've got Andrew Brandt coming up after that. I've got an ATP coming up later on. So if you don't get through this hour, there is still time in hour number three. Let's go to Buffalo, though. John in Buffalo. Good to have you, John. What's up? Hey, John. Romy, the only thing that uh, copulates better than uh, a bed bug is Alvy. okay? If you've seen blood, it's like the XR4TI. They're already feeding off of you. With a gestation period of about five days, uh, they can reproduce by thousands. So my suggestion is check it into a hotel room, put your luggage in the uh, shower or the uh, bathtub to check out the headboards and the mattress, make sure there's no marks, and when you get home, Leave your luggage in the garage for 48 hours so that you can get rid of them. Bro, it's good advice. I hate it, but it's good advice. You know, for a time, we did do that. For a time, we would take the luggage and not bring it into the house after we brought it into the house. And again, it wasn't even luggage. It was like a duffel bag or a backpack or one of the kids' trips. But you're right. You are absolutely right. It's absolutely unfortunate and not good for business. You don't want to be Las Vegas and have a bed bug infestation, especially right after Super Bowl. That's a pandemic onto itself. This guy makes such a good point. Such a good point. Quote, this is at Chub Rock 15. Raiders fan is so bent because they've been our bitches twice a year for the last seven years. Thanks for building that beautiful stadium for us to come win another Super Bowl in. War re-signing Jones and Sneed. Great point. As Raider fans up in here talking about how they're going to eat, quote, Kermit frog legs twice next year and seemingly every year out. The Chiefs were just in your facility winning it all. Very good point. As far as re-signing Jones and Snead, that'd be a great idea. In fact, that would be the best idea. Question is, can they afford both those guys? Snead made it very clear. I saw him on a podcast where he was asked a question or a show. What would you say to Brett Veach? Pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me. Of course. Of course. Great player. Jones, on the other hand, would like to get paid. We know he held out earlier. We saw how important he is to that team. I'm sure he would say the same thing. Except at the parade, after getting into the 42 or whatever he was into, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. 
his agent had to be like, no, get him away from that mic. My man's negotiating. No, the 42 is negotiating. Shady Sean, 420 writes, sounds like at bra in HB, needs to go on a diet and hit the gym. Silk, stop hanging out at dive bars, a.k.a. kits, and go for a walk. At Alvin Deloro, hit the fat alarm. Hashtag JTP. Damn, brah. It's not going well for you today. I, I know you embrace the hate and embrace the suck, but, and even though you had to embrace the moob, you've never had to embrace the fat alarm. It's not going well, dude. Hit that with some kale. All right, I'm coming back. Back Back-to-back interviews. Don't go anywhere. You're in the jungle. I'm Jim Rome. Our three straight ahead.